the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Matt. <laughs> I'm Jamie. <laughs> I and forgot yeah, the order. We had a little we had a little gap there because uh, where's where's Mel? Matt, where is it she? Was, it was silence for Mel. Mel is uh, <laughs> What have you done to her? She she crashed in a plane over Kunlun. Oh, I'm assuming oh, she's no. training. Oh, wow. She's going to be the next scientist. Amazing. Oh, well, as we know from this episode, um, obviously, you can't really get to Kunlun from, from here. So I don't know when we'll next hear from Mel. I hope, you know, they have good Wi-Fi and man- maybe we'll manage to hear from her somehow. Um, but instead of a Mel, we have an awesome guest joining us. And it's Nick. Yay. Hey, guys. Hey. Usually I think of some kind of alliterative title and I didn't then. Uh, so I'm going to say you're the gnarly Nick. There you go. Even though that's a cat. I'll take it. <laughs> but, you know, feel free I to I haven't called that. worse things. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, guys, we're back to do Iron Fist. It feels like forever ago we were talking about Luke Cage, but we're finally at the last Defender before the Defenders comes out, which is really weird. Oh, what a journey it's been. Um, <laughs> so, Nick, uh, you're obviously joining us. Um, Matt and Tammy have only seen the one episode of Iron Fist so far, but are you a newbie or have you watched more episodes? I have seen the whole series. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, no spoilers, no spoilers. Oh, uh, no, no, I'll, I'll keep it all to myself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, like, wink at each other every so often when, you know, reference comes up to something. Um, yeah, so I watched the entire series on the Friday of release. I watched it via Skype with our listener, Rebecca, who is the... Biggest Iron Fist fan I've ever met. It was a blast. There was much talk about puppies and feet, as you can imagine from this episode. Um, yeah. It was really fun. We had a, a blast watching it. We started at 7am. We finished at about 8.30 in the evening. Um, but it was a, a fun way to watch it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so uh, uh, I'm sure we'll be talking about some of the controversies uh, about the show in just a moment. But I wanted to ask Matt and Tammy, have you seen any spoilers since like since the show's come out or have you managed to sort of remain spoiler free? Um, no spoilers here. I watched the trailers, but since I don't know what any of it relates to and I'm not going to remember it by the time we get to it, <laughs> I don't consider those spoilers. <laughs> um, and only I've only heard like overall thoughts on critics reviews mm-hmm. and stuff not anything specific other than the obvious which we're going to discuss so <laughs> that um iron fist is not asian so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean this is something i definitely <laughs> wanted to bring up kind of at the start and get i guess instead of our new segment for this week um there has been a ton of controversy over the show and Tammy and I, who do another podcast, um, Calavici Fashion Cast, we actually kind of spoke a bit about it on Sunday with um, when we were covering Quantum Leap randomly. Um, we were talking about casting and it's kind of crazy what's been happening with this. Have, like, Nick, have you followed any of this? Yeah, I followed a little bit of it. Um, I don't really have any specific thoughts about it other than like... Yeah, I, I see what a lot of people's complaints are with uh, why they felt that it should be an Asian man as the as the protagonist. But I also kind of like I, I grew up off Iron Fist comics, uh, so I was kind of like, well, I kind of want, I kind of felt that you know it should have been a white guy. But you know, I was I was very torn on it. But I was also sort of one of those people who was like, 
you know, they're making the show and a show I never thought they'd ever make in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, <definitely>. so, <laughs> so I'm going to watch it. And yeah. like, it's, it's one of those, I, I think it was the guy who played, um, uh, fa- uh, human torch in the last fantastic four movie when everyone was complaining that he was, he was a black man, uh, being a human torch. Mm-hmm. His response was, you're going to see it anyway. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to see it anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, I honestly think, I think one of the things I said um, when we discussed this before, Tammy, was um, I, I honestly think Marvel were in a lose-lose situation. Like, yeah. either way, with this casting, Agreed. I think if they, they cast um, Finn Jones, a white guy, um, they get a lot of people saying it's racism and, you know, they should have cast an Asian-American. And I think that could have been interesting, having um, an Asian-American kind of reconnecting with his past. But the character in the comics has always been white. It's that whole you know, kind of stranger in a strange land story that you get in a lot of the early comics, like, you know, Batman going and training with the League of Shadows, Doctor Strange going and becoming the Sorcerer Supreme in Tibet, you know. And I think if they'd cast someone of colour, then you would have alienated a lot of the fans who would have been upset, um, saying, well, this isn't Danny Rand, and why are you casting an Asian-American just because it's martial arts? That's just as bad. So I think they're in like a lose-lose situation either way. And I think that kind of controversy has, no pun intended, coloured a lot of the early reviews of the show. Because just looking at the, the reviews of when the uh, the first six episodes came out, at the moment on Rotten Tomatoes, the show for critics is at 18%, which is insane when you have certain yeah. films that are in their 30s, at, you know, 30% at least. But then you compare it to the audience um, rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 83%, and IMDb is at 7.8% um, out of 10, and that's out of um, around 22,000 votes. So there's definitely a big yeah. divide between critics and audience. Um, well, I I think um, one of the things is how Rotten Tomatoes works mm-hmm. uh, kind of skews that sort of number a lot, and for good or bad, like... Um, all, all the all the tomato meter score for the critics has to do is like calculate a, a six out of ten before mm-hmm. it starts to count it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if um, let's say we all saw the new Power Rangers movie or like or excuse me, ten critics saw the new Power Rangers movie and they all thought it was pretty bland, so they all gave it like a, like eight critics gave it a six out of ten, two critics gave it a five out of ten. Well, that's an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That's just a bunch of people saying, yeah, it's worth checking out. Yeah. And But if uh, Ghost in the Shell, the movie comes afterwards, same critics, eight of them give it a five out of ten, two of them give it a six out of ten, well, then it drops down to 20%. So it could just be a bunch of people, critics just giving it a five out of ten or whatever their their score, their rating system is, and then it drops down to, like, 18%, like you said. So I think, I don't know, I'm always iffy about Rotten Tomatoes scores. Mm. I, I try my hardest not to look at them, but... <laughs> It's very different because it's like an aggregate score, um, yeah. you know, but it's uh, I mean, just looking at some of the reviews, because I read of quite a few reviews for the show as well. I don't tend to usually because um, I, you know, I don't really care what the critics say usually, but I kind of wanted to have a look. And there was a lot of um, the reviews of the first six episodes that were just talking about the kind of casting controversy. And it's like, well, th- therefore, you're not judging the show on what it is. You're judging it on what you think it should have been. And that's yeah, not yeah. really kind of rating the the final, the finished um, finished product. It's not fair. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's um, I mean, I don't want to go into too many spoilers about my thoughts about the series as a whole. I don't think it's in the top two Marvel shows, I will say, out of the Netflix shows. Um, I think it's a very difficult show to adapt because of the supernatural elements of it and because a lot of the which I um, think we see in this yeah, episode. Definitely. And a lot of the um, the the stories written around this this time. Um, this, you know, like Doctor Strange's origin and, uh, you know, and other ones back then, there is this kind of steeped in racism of the time, unfortunately, and you've got to try and work around that as much as you can, but still tra- stay true to the character's origin to please fans. So I think it's a very difficult job, and I kind of, I have to give them props for kind of doing it. And like you said, Nick, this is a show I never thought we would see. In. I never thought I'd see Colleen Wing on screen, ever. Yeah, neither did I. And, uh... Yeah. I just want to make something very clear to everyone listening. Uh, both Finn Jones and Jessica Henwick are fantastic as Danny Rand and uh, Colleen Wing. Jessica Henwick is my new crush. I love her so much. Yes. If yes, we get that show, her. Matt, with, with, with Colleen Wing and Misty Knight, I, I might die happy. And you can bury me with the Blu-ray of it. I don't, don't. I don't want it. Why? I don't want it now because they didn't give Misty her robot arm. <laughs> so it's going to be... It'll be Colleen Wings, a super awesome fighter, and Misty's a cop. And she, you know, who knows if she's good at fighting? She's got well, a gun. Well, I'm <laughs> just just gonna say, like, in some she, she is a fantastic detective, though. Yeah, she's yeah. got that Will Graham power. I mean, yeah, but they can't they can't she's team good up at basketball. and take, they can't team up and take on superheroes together. The first thing I ever saw with the Daughters of the Dragon, uh, Misty knocked out the Rhino with a backhand. <laughs> like she broke his jaw. Like she cannot do that in this. <laughs> I'll just say, in some recent Defenders set photos, it looked as though Misty had been injured. I'm hoping, like I predicted at the end of Luke Cage, she didn't go and get that arm looked at and it rotted and fell off. <laughs> and now she's had to get a robot arm. <laughs> this is what I want. It's all Maybe I want. she'll have a zombie arm. <laughs> um, hey, I just want one scene where all the Defenders are getting drunk at Josie's. That's all I want. <laughs> drunk at karaoke would be amazing. <laughs> Tammy, I was going to say, have you given your opinion on how the casting should have gone? Because you're, you're someone with Asian heritage. <laughs> Tammy, you're, Asian you're heritage. Our, uh, yeah, our resident half-Asian. There you go. <laughs> you're our ethnic member. <laughs> uh, oh, I said Asian heritage. but <laughs> uh, Yeah, I first of all, I will just put it out there for this first episode. I love Colleen. I'm so glad there is an Asian character um, and played by an Asian actress. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's not Japanese, but that's okay. I'm good with it. I'm not going to get picky. Uh, But Well, Wing uh, isn't a Japanese name anyway. They kind of made it seem like, because she tells him she's like, either speak English or Japanese. Yeah, I don't understand her backstory. Yeah, so I so I kind of but no, Wing is not a Japanese name, and so I wasn't sure either. But since they threw it in there, I was like, so she's I have no clue on the comics. I was like, is she supposed to be Japanese? <laughs> um, otherwise, that's a very strange request. <laughs> uh, I don't mind Finn being white. I just I don't. I I didn't. For me, I. I knew enough about the comics that he's a white dude. Yes, I agree. Like, it would have been an interesting take on him being Asian. However, I I actually think it makes more sense the way that they did it. Like, him being such close friends um, with the Meacham family and being in business, the Rand and the Meachams being in business together, um, 
what, 10, 15 years ago or whatever. He, what, they've been gone for 15 years. So 15 to 20 years ago, them having this huge corporation, yeah, not probably going to be a Japanese or an Asian of any kind of descent, American. It, it's just, it, it wouldn't have made, it really would not have made sense to me. Like, it would have been nice, but just from a story perspective, I think it makes more sense for him to be white. Okay. And so I, watching the episode, it didn't bother me at all um, from a casting standpoint. I, again, it, like, if if the comic book character were Asian and then they changed it to a white guy, that, to me, is whitewashing. If they had mm. Shang-Chi, casting, the character, and changed him to a white guy, that, yeah. Yes. <coughs> but if they're taking an an existing character out in the world and they're leaving it as that existing character. <laughs> What's the problem? I, <laughs> it just, I don't know. I, I, I'm just glad like we have at least one Asian actress and I, you know, and you're talking about the Danish Asian guy that you're <laughs> going to be interviewing. Like, Danish Japanese. Yeah. We've had a lot of Asian characters in daredevil um, you know, Luke Cage brought a lot of African-American characters. I don't think that Marvel is is really going out of their way to whitewash things. Mm-hmm. Like, just as an entity. And I, I, I've read very little of reviews because I don't want to have spoilers, but my understanding is the critics were not happy with the first six episodes for whatever reason, I don't know. But the reasons that critics or I, I can't even say critics, people writing their blogs reviews <laughs> <have not been laughs> um, after the, the whole thing is aired has been more about the story itself saying like uh, they just had issues with the actual story mm-hmm. and not the fact that he's white. So I think like it's almost been a trigger for people to just, claim whitewashing automatically and it's like the new thing to do mm-hmm. mm. it's trendy and it's like you it, it is it is trendy and it's uh, as someone who is latin and also asian like those are things that i look for in tv shows i watched um netflix put out the series one day at a time and they made the whole family they read through the show and they made the whole family hispanic mm-hmm. it was beautiful i i mean it's very, like, old-school comedy style. It, I thought the show was great, but it's not for everybody. But I watched it, and I could relate to the family on TV. And that's not something that I can do that often. But I don't expect that from every show I watch. I expect a good characters. I expect a good writing. You know, like, I don't... And sometimes not even that. Like, sometimes I just want some pretty people on TV. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> not true. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, pretty much anything on CW. <laughs> anything I watch on CW, I just want pretty people on TV. But, uh, oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, so So for me, I, I, I think, yes, we're starting to see a lot more um, ethnic characters in general in television and movies. And there is definitely still whitewashing going on where it's not necessary mm-hmm. um, where they can easily change out to a different um, ethnic person but this show I 
I, I just don't feel that it's whitewashed. I just don't. So okay. anyway, there's my ethnic take. Well, <laughs> Thank well, you. That will be a recurring segment, Tammy's ethnic take. <laughs> Claire, oh my God, I I don't know enough about Colleen Wing in the comics. Is she supposed to be half Asian? Well, thank you for asking. I've just done some research while Tammy was talking. So what I found out is Colleen was born in the mountains of Honshu, Japan, to Professor Lee Wing, a teacher of Asian history at Columbia University. So that would tell me that her father is Chinese and a mother whose ancestors were samurai and uh, damyo. I can't say that, damyo. Uh, after her mother's death, Colleen's late maternal grandfather, Kenji Oz- Ozawa, taught her the ways of the samurai in which she later became very skilled. Okay, so she's Chinese-Japanese. Yeah, it sounds oh. like it. Which would make and sense then, if she speaks yeah. um, Mandarin, but then is more fluent it's, in Japanese. Is she half white, I'm guessing? I don't know. What, the actress? The actress, I mean. I yeah. believe so. I think so, yeah. Did the same thing in with Psylocke in X Men, didn't they? They just they cast a half Jap, Jap or half Chinese actress. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough. Yeah, about I me. know. I as and as far as like Asian, like I on IMDb, it just says that you know she's got some of her background is from Singapore. I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> I, would really, I, would, I would really respect them if they just you know cast a full Asian actress. Yeah. I really like the. Yeah. The actress in, um, I didn't like the movie so much, but the Pacific Rim, I yes. really liked her. She um, is who I would wanted to play the major in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, she would have been great. Yeah, um, Before we jump off this topic, I got one more thing. There's leaked concept art for Deadpool 2. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the do- domino? Because um, it's going to be, um, it's an African-American actress. I, I can't remember I her just name. Post, I just posted it, yeah. Um, so instead of a white skin with the with a black dot on her eye, she's a black actress with white dot on her eye. That's cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I like her hair in the concept art as well. Yeah, and uh, here's uh, here's uh, the concept art of Brad Pitt as Cable. <laughs> it sounds like Michael Shannon's going to be Cable, which will be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's cool. Anyway. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I really like the uh, the pick for Domino. I'm not that familiar with the actress in any anything, but I mean, she seems cool. You know, it's like sure. Yeah, you know, I didn't really have anyone in mind thinking of for Domino, so they they cast uh, Deadpool one pretty well. So I have I have trust in them. Yep. So um, the only bit of news I have is that uh, D- Defenders has wrapped filming. Woo! Oh. Nice. Um, so yeah, so hopefully we might get a trailer or something relatively soon. Um, spoilers for the end of Ivis, there is no trailer for the Defenders, which I was surprised at. Uh, Rebecca and I stayed right through all the credits, thinking there must be something. No, there isn't. I was kind of surprised at that. That's the only big disappointment I think. And <laughs> that at the very end of the show was no Defenders trailer, but hopefully we'll get one soon. So. Um, we are going to talk about this week, episode one of Iron Fist, Snow Gives Way. And apparently all of the names of these episodes are inspired by martial arts films or moves. I couldn't find any anything relating to this, a film called that or a martial arts move. I'm going to ask Matt because I know you like <laughs> martial arts movies. Does this ring a bell at all with you? 
there's there's literally thousands of martial arts I movies. <laughs> I, I I don't know any of this name, so I was like, well, maybe speaking, maybe Matt knows. Speaking of which, though, I just watched Miami Connection for the first time. <gasps> I don't, oh, I don't, what did you think of Miami Connection, Matt? It was the most amazing movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it though? <laughs> I'm going to watch it again uh, tomorrow, probably, with my friends. Awesome. <laughs> have you seen Miami Connection, Nick? It's an important question. I have not. Oh, that's an official Defenders podcast uh, recommend to all our listeners and to you, Nick. Run, right, don't then. walk, it, and it go and see Miami queue. Connection. It's on the queue. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right after Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're just giving you all the homework. It, it is a, a joy, that movie. You want to see Ninjas? I shall watch. Not in Miami, but in Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> that that are fighting a band wanna, that sings songs about. You don't about... have to tell me anything. I'm gonna watch this as okay. soon as possible. It's got the greatest yeah. fictional band in history, apart from Wild Stallions and the Electric Mayhem. Top three fictional uh, bands. Yeah, I mean, it's a story about best friends, about orphans, about <laughs> about ninjas in Orlando. They're always <laughs> orphans. They are always orphans. Oh, these. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a household of possibly gay orphans. <laughs> <laughs> possibly gay. Okay, all right. The first time, the first time I watched it, I missed that they were orphans because I laughed over that line. Because the, <laughs> the first thing that comes out of his mouth was, "I didn't know you had a father." I'm like, everyone has a father. <laughs> but while I was laughing about that, like he's like, "Oh, I thought we were all or- we were all orphans together or whatever." Yeah, they're like the lost boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That's, well, that's, I am delighted you have, you have finally seen Miami Connection, Matt. Maybe there, is there an episode called Miami Connection? <laughs> <laughs> Not I've seen, but maybe maybe there will be uh, spoilers for Iron there Fist. Should there, there should be. And that would be the best episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they go down to Orlando for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> really wanted to go to Disney World. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, the Defenders at Disney World. Oh. <laughs> Luke Cage and I'm just riding the teacups. Oh, <laughs> so adorable. Okay, if one of your listeners doesn't make fan art of that, Nat, like in t- the next week, I'm gonna be really sad. That listener will probably be me, unfortunately. So yeah, I might have to. That's do this. that's fine. I, yeah. <laughs> send me a copy as soon as you can. <laughs> Absolutely, it will be on my list of of drawings to do. So this episode was written by showrunner Scott Buck. And directed by John Dahl, who is a uh, uh, guy who's directed episodes of some of the other uh, series beforehand as well. And quick synopsis is, after being declared dead 15 years earlier, Danny Rand returns to New York. But his welcome is a far cry from what he'd hoped. So, first of all, what do you guys think of these? I think that he uh, he really hoped that he he would be hated by everyone. (laughs) He says late in the episode, he's like, I'm I'm really getting annoyed that that everyone was angry at me. I was like, well, it's because you're acting like the craziest person ever. (laughs) Oh, dear. So, what do you guys think of these credits? They're interesting. Was that a CG person or is that i think it was like probably motion capture wasn't it with added cg i was yeah streamers coming out of his legs and arms and stuff sure maybe they rotoscoped over somebody or what that would have been cool that would have been old school Mm. i think they're really pretty i'm i'm disappointed that they're not green i wanted green credits i wanted red purple 
Yeah, hmm. and then green credits. Yeah, so. they, they, they kind of missed that opportunity there. Um, I, overall, I do like the credits. Um, there is a... Uh, there's something very cool about that kind of just sort of something very hypnotic about the movements and mm. stuff. And as the credits kind of come by, it kind of puts me, it, it put me in the mood. So, you know, yeah, I, I thought they were way long. They were, they, I mean, I think they're about as long as the rest of the credits, but they, I, I think they, they don't seem to like these ones. They don't seem to pick up the pace visually at all when the music picks up the pace. Yeah. Apart from the bit where he has like little sparks coming out of his feet, which is kind of cool, but um, <laughs> like the Jessica Jones one, when that really picks up the pace in the middle, you know, and the drums start going, like it flashes mm-hmm. a lot quicker. That that must be it, because I just felt like they went on for a while, uh, and I assume they're the same length as any of the other ones. Tell me, and, they're not as long uh, as the Quantum yeah. Leap credits. Remember that. No, nothing is as long as the Quantum. <laughs> that and Punky Brewster have the longest fucking <laughs> credits. Yes. Yes, but uh, yeah. So, but um, no, I liked the I liked the movement. It was fun. It was cool. I think I'm guessing they made it kind of silvery gray because um, in the comics at the moment um, the Iron Fist costume is like a silver gray and a yellow. Um, oh. Although I prefer his other costume, which is green and yellow. But uh, never mind. Maybe I'll still get a funky green um, Mondo vinyl if they release the soundtrack on vinyl. Um, because those vinyls are beautiful. So, we meet Danny Rand, the Iron Fist, as outcast. We meet Bane. his feet. We meet his feet. <laughs> this is going to be a recurring thing. Um, Tammy, you and I uh, and uh, Matt have a friend who um, is very opposed to people not wearing shoes. And uh, all I could think of was his reaction watching this entire episode. He had to have a panic attack during this episode. Yeah. Because... Did, did, it, did anyone check and make sure he didn't die? <laughs> well, I did speak to him, and he did say he did say to me, uh, and this is our friend Brad, um, who will be guesting later on in this season. He did say, "What is it with this guy? Everyone is trying to force shoes on him, and he refuses. He's a monster." Because <laughs> everyone is like, "Hey, dude, go and get some shoes," and he's like, "No, I'm fine." Does part of his superpowers involve foot sterilization? I guess. Well, I mean, if you're at a monastery and you're, you know, a kung fu monastery and you're like slamming your feet over and over again, you probably don't feel anything anymore. So. Yeah. He would have to or, not or feel anything when he leaps really on that railing yeah. later. Oh, ow. Yeah, when he leaps on that railing, you can see the bottom of his gross feet, though. And all I kept. <laughs> Like, my whole thing, like, when he was walking around the house was like, oh, he's dragging his disgusting feet all over her carpet. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. And in this next scene where he puts his foot on the elevator thing. You know, <laughs> I thought about oh, you, Tammy, in that scene. Yeah. But we, we also see when he arrives, we see his little first generation iPod. And uh, yeah. there was a big question on Twitter about how is this iPod... Like, still working, like, the battery after he's been away 15 years. And my answer is, obviously, it's charged with chi. He just focuses his chi into his iPod <laughs> to play music. Nice. He's losing a bit of his his life force every time he turns or charges his iPod up. Yeah. But it's worth it for that sweet, sweet hip-hop. For, I, was for podcast, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering um, about the iPod. So, how old is... He's supposed to be compared to like how old Star Lord is, because Star Lord has the cassette tapes. Yeah, 
Well, it's kind of cool because um, when we were watching the show, me and Rebecca were saying, you know, they could really compare notes about having a very limited knowledge of music because Star-Lord's got one cassette tape. I mean, Danny Rand's got more because he's got an entire iPod. Um, I think Danny's probably, I mean, in those flashback scenes, he looks, what, 10, 9? I don't know. So he's probably no, no, about... I, I, I said he was 10. Yeah, yeah, so he's 25. Oh, we can see Nick now. Hi, Nick. Hi, um, so I'd say he's like 25 and, uh, Star-Lord, I'd say what, 30 maybe? Yeah. But it's kind of interesting, the two characters, cause they both like, 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 um, Danny Rand comes like bounding into, into this, uh, into Rand Enterprises and is like, hi, I'm here to see how I meet you. And he's so enthusiastic and naive. And that, that's, that's kind of like Star Lord I... as well. They both have this very limited, you know, um, both taken away from families very early on. I don't know. I just I like the kind of things between the two characters. Well, I think what's cool is you have um, you have like Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones, and they're all these very dark, brooding mm. characters. And then you have this upbeat Danny Rand just going, "Hey guys, how's it going?" And yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah, you kind of. I, my, my girlfriend and I, we watched the first episode together uh, when I rewatched it, and she kind of said that, like, Danny sort of seems like the guy who kind of says everything's fine, everything's fine, don't worry about it, but inside you just know he's going to snap at any minute. Oh, and he does. In this episode, it's like, whoa, he's got a, he's got a temper. Um, yeah. One of the things I liked in this bit was when he looks at the interactive screen and he sort of sees the history of... Um, of uh, Rand Enterprises, one of the little videos is uh, someone testing robot legs, and I was like, oh, Misty can get a robot arm from Rand. It <laughs> happen. It will. It has to. It has to, Matt. <laughs> um, how many wealthy? Was... How many superheroes are in the one percent? Um, <laughs> like Batman. <most> of them. <laughs> Batman, Tony Stark, Danny Rand. Are there any more? Yeah, Danny Rand. Uh, Green Arrow. Green Arrow. Green Arrow. Um, uh, Doctor was, Strange, kind of? Uh, yeah, I was going to yeah. say, is he a rich guy? Well, no, he spent all his money, didn't he, trying to find cures. So he was like... Well, he spent all his money, but there was at one point in time he was in like oh, the yeah, 1%. Oh, yeah, he was in the 1%, yeah. Oh, T'Challa, he's the richest um, all right. superhero yep. there is. God damn. <laughs> yeah. there's, so many, there's so many of them. There's quite a few. They should have like some kind of club. <laughs> Uh, I there's more than 1% in the 1%. <laughs> and then there's like uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones shaking their fists being like, ah! Even Superman, you know, all he has is a reporter's salary. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> <laughs> so this is also the first scene. I mean, obviously it is the first scene, but there was a lot of discussion um, between Rebecca and myself and, um, as you guys might have seen on our Facebook group and our Twitter, of how much Finn Jones, um, with his curly hair and his boundless enthusiasm, kind of resembles a golden labradoodle puppy. And uh, that didn't really end before we watched this series. There was puppy jokes all the way through. So um, particularly when he he bounds up to Joy later, when she's coming out of her house, he just looks like he's like, pet me, pet me, stroke my curly hair. So, yeah, there'll be a lot of us uh, kind of comparing him to a, a a little puppy. <laughs> so Tammy, um, did you throw up in your mouth when he called the uh, the lift with his foot after having the fight with the? Oh my uh, god! The guys? I, that and then when that that lady was walking in, uh, you know the 
door closes, it opens back up so that lady can walk in, which, first of all, I'm not sure where she came from since he had locked the doors. But secondly, she had to have pushed that same elevator button seconds after he touched it with his foot. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, no, no, she didn't know. Nobody knows. (laughs) Somebody wipe it down. (laughs) She smells her finger and is like, why does my finger smell cheesy? Oh, I can't. Oh. Oh, my God. So what did you think of the little fight scene where he knocks out the uh, the guards? Because I saw quite a few complaints about this as well, saying, oh, none of his his um, blows are connecting with the uh, the guards. But he's not hitting them, is he? He's using their momentum against themselves. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very balletic in his movements. It's very mm. much like somebody who would study wushu or like a traditional Shaolin um, mm-hmm. on fighting. Would probably use uh, Shaolin long fist, I think is the, is the word. Um yeah, that was one of the complaints where people were like, you know, he's it's not like a Daredevil or even Jessica Jones where it's very brutal. I'm like, well, yeah, but he's also a kung fu master. He doesn't have to get brutal. He just, mm-hmm. you know, he's very acrobatic and he's very, you know, he can he can win just by like using, like you said, their, their momentum against them and everything. So there's not really any reason for him to be like particularly vicious. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was really cool and really clever how they handled it, but. Yeah, I liked it. It was different to the ones we've seen before. Sorry, Tammy, go on. I was just to say, I don't know much about martial arts, but isn't, like, part of the the whole thing is, like, you're not supposed to be aggressive. Like, you're supposed to want to not hurt people. Like, (laughs) it's not, it's more like a defensive technique versus offensive. But, um, so it, it, it wouldn't make sense for him to, like, beat these guards to a bloody pulp or anything, like... He just wants them out of his way. <laughs> yeah. So he can go and stick his foot on the uh, elevator. Oh, stop, stop! <laughs> Rude. So when he gets up to... I don't make this dirty, I swear. <laughs> so when he gets well, up to floor 45... So he could not tell me it's not dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Ward and Joy Meacham in this office, who are both very freaked out that Danny's wandering in asking to speak to their dead father. Or their supposed dead father. Uh, what do you guys think of these these guys? Um, Rebecca and I's I, thoughts on Ward was that he has an old man face, but then I realised he looks as though he he looks like <laughs> the kind of love child of Justin Long and Frank Whaley. If they had a baby, it would look like oh him. Which I I don't mean anything bad, but um, <laughs> I'm just going to say, and I don't know if Nick agrees with me. I really love Ward Meacham. I love him so much. He's such a bastard. You know, when I, I, I'm, I'm no spoilers, obviously, but I and I won't get into anything else. But like when I first started, I didn't really like them, but then at the end, I kind of really started to like really enjoy them on screen for some reason. I'm not sure what it was, but um, uh, there's a fun thing to do with these characters. Um, <laughs> just pretend that they're Donald Trump's kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it becomes a lot more fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> even when they're at their most annoying, which they can be at times, just thinking like, oh, well, you know, their dad's the president. Like, it's just one of the funniest things you can do to, to make this, these characters entertaining. So. They're Bunker and Eric. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they kind of, like, give him his, that hairstyle, so. Yeah. That's true. Um, I love every single stitch of clothing that Joy wears. I knew you would. I knew it. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, everything she wears, that yellow top later, I need that top in my life. Is that the one with the giant it. triangular buttons? 
Yes! Oh my god. <laughs> Those are full so on Calavici buttons, Tammy. I I love them. He's <laughs> I just because it, it's like this low cut top, but you can't really tell because it's these huge buttons there. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing underneath it. It's just cut low. It's so great. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah she wears all about amazing outfits. I, I, yeah, I love her outfits as well. I agree. So um, is, I, uh, oh, other than that, I think the characters are way too close to be brother and sister in this <laughs> episode. <laughs> I thought so they were married for half the episode. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, until you find out that they're brother and sister, I just assume they were partners in other ways. Well, spoilers yeah. for one of your Easter eggs you will be getting later, but in the comics, um, Ward is actually Joy's uncle and not her brother. Weird. So they made him a, a bit a bit younger. Um, so it wouldn't be creepy uncle. Yeah, really. Uncle. <laughs> would have been worse, I think. Yeah. Uh, we find out that it's 15 years since Danny supposedly died and his parents died. As they're going down in the lift, Danny's kind of stressing out and um, the sort of camera's kind of fluttering a bit, which I thought was quite a cool effect. Um, and as he's trying to calm down, we see a little flashback to the plane crashing. Hmm. I didn't. I I don't know about Finn's acting in that bit. I thought maybe it was a little bit over the top, but uh, it was kind of like an odd scene anyway, you know. Like so, this isn't like just a regular flashback. This is like a brain tick that's like affecting him. <laughs> like I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's like, it's like it's an aggressive memory attacking him. He's not. Like, <laughs> I guess he's <laughs> he's trying to suppress the memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, because it's really only sort of later it, he's trying to push it back, I think, at the ending as well, and then you sort of see more of it, I guess. Um, well, I'm gonna, I, I mean, obviously you can't tell us if this kind of thing continues, but this whole thing where it's like static and then we go to the flashback, I, I'm not liking that at all. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's terrible. I think it's a weird lead into a flashback. I mean, flashbacks, I think, are so hard to do anyway, but I think you can do them well, like in... Um, like the way they would do the flashbacks in uh, Luke Cage with Misty Knight using her Will Graham powers, I thought was really yeah. cool. And um, do it in Jessica shot. Jones, I thought, yeah, really and Jessica flashback. Jones. I, I think it's like a, a, a weird way of going into it. But yeah. the effect, like the kind of weird jittery, I don't know, fluttery effects. Because I've yeah. I've had, you know, saying it, I've had medications before in my past where I've had that kind of effect. In like my vision, it feels like this kind of fluttery effect, and that's kind of what it felt like as, as part of anxiety. And I don't know; I thought it was a cool effect, but I don't think it worked with going into a flashback because, I, like you were I, saying, I, that, you, I didn't really get what it was trying to convey. Yeah, I would agree with that. I do, I do like that effect, though. I, I think because I think it does show that like there is something off about Danny, and I think you know, I think like. Um, with like, uh, I, I also have uh, some anxiety too. Um, but like, I, you know, I, don't, I, you know, it's like you get those like kind of nervous ticks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think Dan, I think Finn Jones does a great job ex- expressing those. I do agree, it's a little over the top there. It's it's a little. Yeah, weird. I mean the the other times it happens, I don't think he's that intense about it. This yeah. time in that elevator, it was like acting. Yeah. I'm acting, and you're seeing it right here. There's a couple of other moments in the series where you get that, but I think, but it, it didn't stand out to me that much. It was just this like one time I was a bit like, oh, that felt a bit weird. 
you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I do wonder if it was the director going, no, 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 look more anxious, look more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after this, Danny is chucked out, obviously, and he's walking along the street in his bare feet. Um, uh. I don't know where his bag is. I was like, where's his bag? Because he has it again later. So I think he's stashed it somewhere. I thought, I thought he could be wrong, but didn't he hide it in the park somewhere? Mm, no, because he hasn't been to the park yet. Oh. I don't think he oh. has. Um, he goes to his old apartment and we see in the concrete outside Danny, mum, dad in a little heart. It's been there for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> um, and this is where he jumps up on the railings and I was like, ah, I had phantom pain in my feet. Hmm. It's kind of cool. Probably, this is where you get that bottom of the feet shot. Ugh. Tammy threw up again. <laughs> Do you think it was actually bare feet, or if, or was it somebody with like feet shoes, like in Home Alone, <laughs> <laughs> like like the hobbits wore in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, or like or like Marv in the first Home Alone when he's walking in the snow, he's you can clearly see he's wearing shoes that are shaped really? like feet. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's so cute. Oh, <laughs> little feet shoes. I I don't know. I think I did see an interview where. He Finn Jones spoke about this scene, but I can't remember what he said. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure. Um, I love Joy's apartment. Mm. I want to live there. I want that giant chandelier that goes from the ceiling of the top floor all the way down beside the staircase. Did you see it, guys? It was like a waterfall. It was amazing. <laughs> I want it's that damn nice. chandelier. So, so how did this work? So his parents, him and his parents leave 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. They obviously leave this apartment because they're going on where a holiday. I don't know where they're going. They went to whatever they were doing. above the Himalayas. Yeah, but I, but I don't know why. So I assume they were going on vacation somewhere. Um, so they leave. So does Joy's family just take over the apartment, I guess, in their absence? I get well. I guess I when just, they didn't come back, they were like, "Hmm, they've got a pretty sweet house." Uh, yeah, uh, I'm having that. The fact that Joy eventually has it, it's not like, "Oh, they must have," you know, someone sold it and then Joy happened to buy it years later. I'm sure it was just in the family per se, like mm-hmm. this, this whole time. But so I maybe, maybe I found in the will it was like left to them because um maybe. because uh danny's father and joy's father were business partners so maybe it was in the will and we could see that obviously the two families hung out quite a lot together that's yeah. the only thing i could think of uh joy yeah. has a book in her apartment that i want because she has the book um what was it called gay 90s by mark ryden i want that book <laughs> i love the artist mark ryden and also i love the gay 90s um, so it's going to be lots of his artwork. So if anyone's listening and wants to buy me a present, uh, Gay 90s by Mark Ryden. That'd be great. Thanks. Um, so speaking of uh, Finn Jones being a, a puppy dog in human form, in the next scene, we get dog, dog version of Luke Cage, uh, which uh, when I drew the, the dog fenders a while ago, Luke was a Rottweiler. So I got very excited this scene because it was like Danny Rand and Luke Cage making friends for the first time. But he like proper oh, crocodile dundees, this dog. It's amazing. Yeah. I wish I could do that with my dogs. <laughs> you don't <laughs> just sit and look at them and, and pray, Tammy. 
No. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, if I did, they would just look at me and then maybe come lick my face or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> Be like, are you okay? They're not going to go lie down, though. That's for sure. <laughs> this dog is adorable. He's so cute. Yeah. Um, so this is where we get our other flashback on the roof terrace and we see little Danny, little Joy and little Ward. And little Ward is still a dick and apparently hates good parenting. And is a terrible Monopoly player. Yeah. <laughs> and also he is a good Danny. judge. I can't bring up Ward's body, so I don't know why I'm complaining. <laughs> he is a good match for adult Ward, though. He is. I believe that kid was young Ward. Whereas little yeah. Danny has the straightest of straight hair I've ever seen. And Finn Jones, again, yeah. human labradoodle. Because he turned wild. <laughs> when he turned wild, <laughs> it was the stress of the plane crash curled his hair. Yeah. He went feral. He went feral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So in the next scene is where he goes to the park, and he goes to sit under the tree in the park to listen to his music and read his little Japanese book. And this is where we meet Big Al. Oh, Big Al. Big Al. How, how you know, we only, we didn't know you very long, Big Al. He's like the friendliest, <laughs> the friendliest homeless person ever. He's like, hey, look at my iPhone. Do you want me to look anything up for you? Aw. He's adorable. Which I feel like Danny should have done. He's made it all the way back to New York. <laughs> you know, walk through wherever. I'm assuming he was on the subway with bare feet, which is just oh, gross. Oh, jeez. <sighs> and um but can't like stop at a public library and go on the internet or I like I I don't know what he was thinking cuz he knew his parents died like how would he even think that the company maybe was still around like I, this bothers me about these Marvel shows is that no one looks anything up on the internet <laughs> Well, with uh, 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 Nelson Murdoch, it's because their internet doesn't work because they are poor. Can't pay the bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love Big Al, though. He's he's just yeah, so sweet. He's and great. like Danny's just kind of super chill. He's like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, whatever. And they look up some information on uh, the death of the Rands. And um, Big Al really wants Danny to wear some shoes. Um, but he says, you know, if you do get some shoes, you need to piss in them or use the blood of a she-goat. <laughs> I was like, oh, if he was wearing shoes with piss, I mean, he's been running around in New York for, and the subway for, you know, for ages now. He probably would make a difference, sadly. Uh, I do have to mention as well, uh, a little tangent to real life. The first time I went to LA when I was a young, a young 21 year old, I arrived in downtown L.A. in the Greyhound station. I walked out. I breathed in that sweet, smoggy L.A. air. <laughs> and, and a police officer, this was my welcome to L.A., a police officer came up to me and went, don't take your shoes off because someone will steal them. Have a good day. That was my welcome to L.A. Okay. That's a good tip. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. So, the next day, this is when Danny bounds up to Joy outside the apartment going, pet me, pet me, throw a ball, throw a ball. Oh, he's just a puppy. Um, but she calls her, her driver or guard, and then this is when she realises that he's actually broken in. And then and then what does Danny do, Matt, when this cab comes towards him? He pulls a... Oh, I can't remember. 
Yeah, but there's a there's a genre that 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 movie. Oh, wire film. Yeah, but there's a, like a Chinese name for the genre, and I forgot it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't but, yeah, like a wire food. Yeah. So I think it was a, I think it was a combination of wire foo and CG though. I so think it, was it had the, to it, have been. Yeah. It was the worst of both worlds. Well, he sort of bent <laughs> his knees ever so slightly to jump. So I was like, well, at least they did that. Whereas in, if you guys remember going back a long time in the Daredevil movie, when the little kids just <laughs> jumped from a standing position and it was like, no, no, his knees are already locked. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> But I like to think, Tammy, that the reason he could jump is because he's got so much grime on the bottom of his feet that they're quite spongy (laughs) (laughs) and bouncy. So that's how he bounced over this car on his spongy, gross feet. It was not good. It looked like it was just like a cutout. Like he just stood in the same position and they just rolled the image. (laughs) It wasn't good. I was not impressed with that stunt at all. Oh, <laughs> it was it. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I think they could have done something a bit less kind of what? What the hell? <laughs> Which I think was mine, mine and Rebecca's comment when that happened. Um, so I remember seeing scene, it, kind of going like, "Oh, I, he he can levitate. Cool." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing if he just levitated. Over the cab. <laughs> they, so, they may as well. <laughs> so Danny is meditating in the next scene and doing his tai chi, and this is when we see a hawk fly through the city. Why do we see that? <laughs> because yeah, obviously that. he can put his mind in the hawk and spy on the city. No, he can't really. <laughs> He's what not. A creeper. If you guys remember the old cartoon Brave Star, do you guys remember that cartoon where he was like yes. this Native American like? cowboy hero man who had a robot horse and he had yep. all the powers and he had eyes of the hawk speed of the what was the speed of speed of nah. something. speed of the puma hearing i don't know he was ba- he was basically he was basically vixen yeah he was yeah pretty much vixen <laughs> um but yeah we do see a little hawk tattoo later on big al so we'll have to see if this this means anything um so this is where we meet colleen wing and uh, she's putting up her flyers. I really want Colleen's tiger jacket. I think it's adorable. I love it. And this is where Danny speaks to her in Mandarin. And we get that sort of history that we've already spoken about. Um, yeah, so what do you guys think of Colleen? I mean, not just in this scene, obviously in the later one as well. Like, Matt, you were very keen for Miss Wing to turn up in a show. I want to know your thoughts. Well, I, she didn't get to do much, but so far... I like her. I mean, I don't. I don't want to hold it against the actress that she's not full Asian. <laughs> like she's still, she's still a good actress. I just wish they had given a chance to a full Asian. But uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, she has. She just didn't do much this episode. She just reacted to Danny. Basically, I wanted her to kick some ass in that scene. She looked like she wanted to. She didn't get a chance. Well, she stood up to him. Yeah. Yeah, she ran after um, those guys with her sword. Yeah, but she didn't get to do anything. Yeah, maybe next episode. Yeah, she, she had like a really cool pose on the fence thing, but that yeah, was she about did. it. <laughs> what, is she, 
Although, what was she going to do with that sword? Like, you can't just go around murdering people with a sword. That's what I thought, because I don't think it was the practice sword she had a minute ago in nope. the episode. I think it was her real sword, because in the comics, Colleen has a white sword. So I think it was that sword, and I was thinking, I don't think you're allowed to run around New York with a sword, Colleen. <laughs> And they kind You're of frown on that kind of thing. Um, I thought it was rude that uh, that Danny just took down her her paper that she just stapled up there. <laughs> Maybe he can't I read guess. unless he's holding it. I, I guess I don't know. I feel like <laughs> he's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he might be a little self centered. This Danny Rand character. <laughs> He might be. There was a lot of people as well who were complaining, saying he shouldn't kind of like because later on when he says to her about challenging the master and yeah. he says it's it's, um, you know, it's protocol, it's tradition. And he kind of explains it to her. And a lot of people are like, oh, why is he mansplaining it? And when he teaches her stuff about martial arts and I, I never got that kind of feel. I think later on when they talk about martial arts and some of the other episodes, it is kind of like, well, he is supposedly like the most amazing martial artist in the world he's the iron fist you know so you can teach her some stuff but yeah i think this was a bit of a dick move just going oh you just put that up i'm gonna take it down again thank you very much yeah i was like what are you what are you doing like she's right there you could just talk to her or you could just read it on the board or take her little number off the bottom of the thing like you don't have to (laughs) take the whole thing down that she just put up right in front of your face (laughs) That's Danny is definitely the most awkward of all the of all the defenders of pretty yeah. much every hero. He is he is the awkward one who wants to be everyone's friends but doesn't know how to. <laughs> yeah, he's so awkward. He's he's very naive and awkward. And I kind of like you were saying earlier, he's like the rest he's of the defenders are so are so dark and brooding. And I kind of like it. And I really hope we get awkward Danny Rand in the Defenders and it causes some comedy hijinks. Yeah. I, I think, oddly, I found him to be kind of relatable, but because of that, I'm like, yeah, I've been that awkward, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably would be, if I was in his shoes, I'd, or his non-shoes, sorry, I would probably be the one who's <laughs> kind of bounded around being like, hey, hi, everyone! I'm the Iron Fist! Okay. His spongy um, soles. With his spongy feet. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how him and Jessica Jones are going to get on. I just... <laughs> I feel like Luke and Matt will, like, tolerate him. I, I'm, I'm excited now to see him with Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. He I feel like Luke's going to be very amused by him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Luke's going to be like, I've got a pet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's my little pet, Danny Rand. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Jessica and Luke, um, uh, Jessica and uh, Danny can bond over their love of Luke Cage together. <laughs> so we get a short scene with Joy and Wards where Joy is starting to think that he might be Danny, but Wards like, nope, <laughs> nope, not. And we also find out that the company is about to announce an expansion in China. Hmm. Interesting. So... The next scene, Danny leaps into Ward's car <laughs> like a puppy. <laughs> Whee! Um, and uh, we get a very weird driving scene. And this is kind of when Danny gets really angry that that everyone's kind of greeted him with anger and hostility since he's been back. 
and Ward just draws a gun on him. <laughs> I was yeah. glad that Danny Danny got angry because up to this point I'm like he's not like a real he's not a realistic human like he's not upset <laughs> with this right now. But now that he did get upset, I'm like, good, you know, I can relate a bit. (laughs) You would have lost your temper way before this, Matt, yeah? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, um, why didn't he get into specific memories that only he would know earlier than this? (laughs) Like in those other two confrontations with with both of them. Yeah, he could have. I mean, these memories are very specific. I mean, Ward just denies them, so, you know, he probably would have done that earlier. But I think if he would have done that with Ward in front of Joy, it would have been different. Oh yeah, but like you know, I mean, Ward is is Ward is a dick because, like he says, he oh, used yeah. to lock Danny in the freezer, and then once he put a dead frog in his sandwich, I was like, oh, oh. You're such a little shit. And he kicked him in the balls whenever he could. Yeah. <laughs> There's many opportunities to do that. You just need to be standing beside somebody. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> I hope Danny also learned how to channel his chi into his balls. So to protect them. (laughs) We we both went there. (laughs) It's a totally different character. (laughs) Um, Claire, did you notice uh, a musical friend of ours in the background of this? No, I didn't, Harry. Who was it? Some Impacts of xenophobia going oh, on. Well, I was going to talk about um, the start, the very start of the Iron Fist theme music. The first oh. half second, we do get our old friend from the X Files uh, music, <laughs> the Pan Pipes of Xenophobia, which, if anyone isn't aware, is any time that they try and. I mean, how would you describe it, Tammy? They try and sort of yeah, enforce. Any time they try and. And to have a scene where it relates somehow to being Asian or talking about a mystical, magical Asian anything, all of a sudden they play Pan Pipes. Like, that's the only music that comes from the entire continent of Asia is Pan Pipes. Far East. Every time we introduce Tammy on this podcast, I edit in some Pan Pipes. Um, we, yeah, because we do get it at the very start of the, um, the theme, the credits theme to, to it, but luckily it doesn't come up. It doesn't come up that much during the show, thank goodness, because yeah. if this was other, other people scoring this, um, this show, like, uh, <coughs> uh, certain people who worked on the X-Files, I think this would just be wall-to-wall pan pipes, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, I just thought it was funny because I had no, because it was, Definitely noticeable. <laughs> like, well, at least to me, because now I'm sensitive to pants. <laughs> I hear them anytime they're on a show. <laughs> Everyone knows your weakness now, Tammy. Oh my gosh. You oh, want to yeah. disarm Tammy, you just run after her and play some pan pipes and she'll freak out. <laughs> oh. So um, crazy. So we get um, a little taster of what it's like in Danny Rand's head at this point. It's like this. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, it's okay. Terrible. There's definitely like some, like, I don't know, anxiety, some PTSD maybe going on with him. I think he's definitely not fully over the death of his parents. I mean, if you can ever really get over such a thing, but you know, I don't think he's, he's processed it fully. Um, if that was him trying to push like those 
kind of memories back. So I think at this point he's kind of quoting Buddha and, you know, and stuff and trying to be all Zen. But I think it is, you know, there's something else going on under the surface. Yeah. I mean, you know, he spent the last what 15 years of his life at a monastery where they taught him Kung Fu and, you know, like, you know, like they thwack you with sticks to make your arms stronger. And, uh, you know, he's like, it's like, it's a completely different culture, different like world to him. And, you know, he comes back like trying to go back to people he thought may, may just like know him and be friendly to him. And, you know, they're like, yeah, go away. And he's just like, well, yeah, I'm I mean, obviously you can't tell us, but like, I'm hoping we find out what brought him back to the United States because, you know, him knowing his parents died and everything. And he, mm-hmm. he says in the scene, he doesn't have any other family. So I, he's already lived in until he's been 25. He's lived in this monastery. Like, I, I just wonder if we're going to find out what brought him back. No spoilers. I know. Yeah. I know. Just wondering. That's all. (laughs) Also, the the Meachams, they're talking about uh, that he potentially owns 51% of the company. Yes. But if he's dead right now, who owns that 51% of the company? Um, I'm guessing it means they have full control of the company, the Meachams, but if he... Yeah, but... Like, so if they in have the that, event if, if, if the like, I, I'm guessing it's like in the event of all the um, the Rand's death, then it goes to, you know, if in the in the event of the death of the parents, it would go to Danny. In the event of Danny's death, it would go to the Meachams. Yeah. Just like the apartment, I guess, like all the kind of collateral. Everything they have as well. just goes to the Meachams. <laughs> they're really upset that Danny is back. Now I get why they're so unhappy. He's back. That doesn't sound like it would be legal, though. It's like this guy just shows up and you suddenly lose over half of what you had. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I guess it would probably have to go through some kind of a court case and everything. But, you know, maybe we'll find out. Maybe they'll get a certain uh, lawyer from Hell's Kitchen to uh, come and sort that (laughs) out. Hmm? (sighs) Anyway. Danny is back in the park. Big Al brings him food. Ah, and then philosophizes that mankind went wrong with all the cities being built. You know, he's not wrong. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's, it's true. I guess, yeah. Um, but uh, this is when we find out what Danny Rand's purpose is, and his purpose is to protect Kunlun from all oppression and honor the sacrifice of Shao Lao the Undying. Right. Point, Tammy, did you go, what? That was like a tall order. Yeah, yeah, because I think Al said something like, okay. <laughs> and I, yeah. It was exactly my thought. I was like, alright, cool. There is some like lines <laughs> in this episode. I mean, obviously it's straight from the source material. And I love that Finn Jones like delivers them. with he, He's very earnest, and he just says it. It's not tongue-in-cheek at all. It's very earnest in the way, the way he says it, but people are just like, what? Like when he says to... Um, Colleen later and he says that he learnt um, when he trained with um, the Thunderer you know and this kind of thing and he just sort of says it like that you know I just I, I love when he just talks about this kind of stuff and everyone else is like what yeah right 
that's in the next scene, isn't it? Because uh, this yep. is when he goes to the Chakara Dojo and Colleen is teaching her class. And I imagined, uh, Matt, your shock when Danny said he'd never tried coffee before. <laughs> I imagined you clutching your heart and fainting. Yeah, just for a moment. And then I, I drank just... some coffee and woke right back up. <laughs> <laughs> this was the other reason I thought she was Japanese, because she was counting off in Japanese. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the other th- reason I thought, oh, she must be Japanese. Yeah, actually, it was this scene where I kind of thought Danny was a little bit of a dick. Was when he says, "Do you teach kung fu? You should. It might get you more students." Yeah. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I thought he yeah. meant like she should teach it in addition to what she, like I, I, if, if he did a kung fu class in addition to her class, then she'd have more bases covered and more students. I think that's what I he meant. That's, he that is what he, he meant, but yeah. I think just the way that sentence was written out, I'm like, I mean, I, again, it sort of ties into how awkward Danny is and how that's what I think it is. Yeah, social interaction he is, but I'm like, come on, guy, <laughs> like, <laughs> ease your way into this first. Yeah. I, I guess my thing, like, I didn't mind him talking to her as and saying like oh um you know that you should do kung fu because i i really thought it was more of his awkwardness than anything or that he's telling her you know what she should do or that you know it's her dojo i like none of that bothered me what bothered me is how surprised he was when she said she was the master of the dojo yes (laughs) that bothered me that that was what i was like all right danny come on now (laughs) You asked her if that was her uh, as part of the picture. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, why are you so surprised? <laughs> a woman? <laughs> well, Danny's been raised in a monastery. Like, how much interaction has he had with women? Well, I, I won't get into it because then I'm going to ask a question. That I'll I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a dick. He wants to challenge her master, and she's like, well, I am the master, bitch, and no. Um, and this is where he says that he uh, trained with Master Lee Kung, the Thunderer. That's uh, <laughs> the best title ever. Exactly. Job. He's the best title. Mm-hmm. I love it. Best job title ever. And this is where Colleen finally manages to force Danny to wear some shoes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. Thank you. If you do nothing else in this series, you have done your job already. <laughs> You're the person that put shoes on those spongy feet. <laughs> so, obviously, he goes outside and he's putting his little shoes on. We get some cool green lighting during the scene, which I liked. So I thought that was a nice little nod um, <clears throat> to his original costume. And Colleen is watching out the window as security guard Shannon attacks attacks. Danny, I just think that's such a non-threatening name. Shannon. Shannon, <laughs> attack. Um, <laughs> I love how you said that like it's a Pokemon. Shannon, <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> Have you ever met a man with like a classically female name? Like in I, real life? I um, met a man named, in college, my freshman year, there was a man on my dorm named Ashley. <laughs> yeah, that's the most common one of those, I think. Yeah. But you do get others, yeah. like, I always remember, yeah. like, in Angel, you had Lindsay. Yeah. I just thought that was a weird name for a there guy. Was, there was a guy, there was an old man on Amazing Race one time named Meredith. Wow. <laughs> Wasn't, yeah. what was Tom Wayne's name? Was it Marion? His uh, name? I think so. Yeah. 
I think it was. Hold on, I'm going to look this up now because it's going to bug me. I'm pretty sure it was like <laughs> Marion or something like that. Yep, Marion Mitchell Morrison. Wow. What a name. Triple M. <laughs> like all the way around. Yeah, really. <laughs> Marion Mitchell Morrison. Um, so, yeah, so this goes into a big fight scene and a chase scene as well. And this is where Colleen grabs her sword and uh, follows and then watches what's going on. And then Danny seems to run into the middle of Chinatown. All of a sudden there are fireworks. And I was thinking, yeah, there weren't any fireworks a minute <laughs> What's the celebration here? I, You know, it made me think of like a Chinese New Year because they usually celebrate it for like a month. But I don't know one what time frame this is yeah so i would yeah i don't know but um recently uh we went to new york and we came we wanted to go to take josie to see chinatown because i just feel like it's so different than Mm -hmm. all these other areas in new york so we get off of the subway and walk right into a parade exactly like (laughs) (laughs) really and it was like whoa (laughs) this is incredible um, so yeah, when we were watching this, Josie was like, they're in Chinatown. I was like, yes, they are. <laughs> but, and I was hoping Danny would go eat some delicious dumplings while he was oh, in Chinatown. Yeah. Mm. Mm, that oh. sounds good right now. This looks so much fun. Like, I know he's being chased and like fighting for his life, but I was like, I want to go and hang out in with those people, like just dancing in Chinatown. I was like, I bet there's really good food and it's just yeah, like, it looks me- like a fun party. When we were there, they did this whole thing. Like, they had, you know, the people and the dragons walking mm. through the streets, and they were going into shops, and it seemed like the shop owners wanted them to come in, and maybe, like, it, it, we don't know if it was, like, good luck for the dragons to go through their shop, or if they just thought it would bring more customers in. Mm. We're not sure, but it's kind of neat to see these dragons go, like, in and out of these shops, and then go down the street, and then there's people following them with, like, drums and all you know it's just like it's it was it's insane it's crazy it was like in the middle of the day but uh, and that wasn't their big new year's festival their big new year's festival was going to be like a couple days later this is yeah. just leading up to it i guess so i that was the only thing that the only reason i thought like oh maybe it's supposed to be chinese new year but who knows yeah that's it was like party. that's it's just it party, party town <laughs> yeah, yeah a big party, party town, town. And then presumably Danny buys this mask for like $2, which is what he had. And I was like, that's really cheap. Oh. Yeah. Like, what a bargain. Um, I think it's for him to, to be able to find a mask when he's being chased. Yeah. Or maybe, the guy, maybe the guy just looked at Danny and he's like, you know what? Just, just take it. It's fine. I don't... You look awful. Just take the mask. <laughs> and will you comb that hair? Will you, you need to cover that beard up. I mean, come on. It looks terrible. Um, there was something in this scene as well that I thought Tammy might appreciate as a connoisseur of the fashions of Al Calavici and Quantum Leap. Um, because one of these security guards that Danny is fighting, um, as he knocks him down, it's like the first guy, it's not Shannon, it's the other one. Um, as they fight, I think the guard falls to the ground and he's wearing shiny silver boots. And I was like, whoa, they're like straight out of Quantum Leap. Um, also, not the best boots to like creep up on someone because they're super shiny. Yeah. What? Also, I, mean, I guess fashion was more important to him that evening. <laughs> yeah. He's been living in the Himalayas or whatever for so long, but he can like really quickly uh, take the clip out of a gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. How many guns some, like, are? Training on that. 
Unless his dad taught him that, you know, before he went to Grimshaw. <laughs> he says later he sat on his dad's lap and drove. Yeah. There's probably still one bullet in the chamber, though, of all of those guns. Yeah, true. <laughs> and uh, also, the very last guy, I think Shannon, he knocks him out, picks up his gun, takes out the clip, throws it on the ground, throws the gun down beside the clip. <laughs> so, yeah, all Shannon has to do is wake up and reinsert the clip. <laughs> yeah, Danny, throw it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, he's, I don't think he's really thinking. I think he's just like, oh, why are these people attacking me? Mm. Um, but this is when we see Ward as well after this. Um gets a phone call and uh well it's when he finds out he's been these guys were sent by ward and ward is eating dinner and he gets a call from shannon and then he immediately calls someone to discuss the situation in person and at this point we don't know who so okay did you guys suspect that his dad would be alive no hmm. really no because i thought Why he would, would be because <laughs> he's quite a well-known actor like david wenham and I thought, they won't just have him for flashbacks, surely. But I think that's yeah, just because of who they cast. Yeah. Like, Nick, did you suspect that at all? I mean, I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had an inkling. I was like, okay, when the trailer came up and it was kind of like, and David Wenham was like, how did he learn martial arts? I'm like, okay, he's going to be... Oh, yeah, true, yeah. Either, either he's going to be the main bad guy or he's going to be associated with the main bad guy in some way. Some way... Um, and then when they were like, and then when it was like Harold Meacham, this these two's father, and I'm just like, oh, okay, well then, yeah, he's probably alive. So, so, so that was part of the trailer because I obviously didn't remember. <laughs> yeah, you really don't yeah. remember anything from it, I really don't. <laughs> I think all it does for me is just get me pumped to see it, but it doesn't actually sink in at all. <laughs> he goes up like so many elevators and things in this in this high rise and there's like just that hall of elevators and then he like goes up in the elevator and then he goes up another thing of stairs and then we're finally in um harold meacham's penthouse which i also want to live in because it's just looks like an evil layer yeah, I love it. it's and beautiful it's oh, it's so, so beautiful oh my god and he has to do his handprint id to get in and we meet harold meacham and his little assistant Kyle. I love him. <laughs> I love Kyle as well. Poor, poor Kyle. He's such a little I get you, screech. Kyle. I get you. I get it. <laughs> I, I have a friend and she uh, she works for kind of she works in education, but she she was an assistant for a very long time for like one of these head educators. Uh People and like I, I texted her. I was like, "There's this show I'm watching." She watches all the all of them too. I was like, "This show I'm watching, Iron Fist," and there's a character that kind of reminds me of you. And she goes, <laughs> "Is Iron Fist?" And is it the fuck? Is it the freaking uh, assistant in the? <laughs> guy? And I said, "Yes." And she's like, "I hate you." I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> "My fault. You got a crappy job." <laughs> oh. I think a lot of can relate to Kyle is what I'm yeah saying. exactly Kyle's a I mean, hero I... of this series <laughs> Kyle is the fourth defender is the... um, Kyle's so... the defender we all need <laughs> <laughs> yes he really is 
It might not be the defender we want, but he's the defender we need. <laughs> um, so David Wenham's doing like a Jack Nicholson voice here as Harold. Like, I don't know if you guys thought that. Because he's he, the actor's Australian, so he's doing an American accent. But I don't know, his voice, there's something very Jack Nicholson about it. That is a good way to describe it. I when I when I saw him in the trailer, I was like, there is something weird about his voice, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And then throughout the series, I thought the same thing. And then yeah. I, I think Jack sends the right the right call. That's the only only kind of way I can describe it. He's yeah, it just it, yeah, just Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson in Batman. <laughs> That's what it made me think of. Um, <laughs> so they're discussing that they can't let Danny go public, and they need to find out what he wants. And Harold has a plan. And then the next scene. Poor Danny finds Big Al dead in the park under a tree after a heroin overdose. We knew him for such a short time. <laughs> I didn't have any any inclination that he was like a drug addict no, in the other. He was just chilling out, living in his tent in the park. Minding his sandwiches. Yeah, he was being, being a hunter-gatherer. Yeah. Um, Danny notices he has a hawk tattoo. And then he covers him up with a blanket and prays for him. And I was like, aww. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, it was very sweet. Um, then he finds the heroin. <laughs> he goes, well, waste not, what not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a hell of a twist. <laughs> and that's I the end of the show. Like fever drink of some poor heroin addict. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he collapses in the next scene. It's nothing in the tea. It's because the heroin's finally kicking in. <laughs> He's like, Ugh. So uh, Joy walks into her office and finds Danny sitting there hugging a cushion. <laughs> and I don't know why, but this was the start of mine and Rebecca's talk about Danny wants to hug everything. Because a lot of the time you see him when he's talking to people and he looks like he wants to give them a hug. And he's hugging this cushion. And I think in another episode he's hugging something else. He's a hugger. I can oh, relate. Boy. I'm a hugger as well. <laughs> uh, and this is when they agree to talk over tea. And we hear a little bit about the jet crash. Danny starts to talk about it and realises that he's drugged and collapses. So when did you think, like, realise he was drugged? Because I didn't know what was going on. Because he, he looked like he was kind of making the teacup fly like it was the plane. <laughs> and I was kind of watching I going, thought, what's happening? I... Oh, sorry. I thought um, that the memory was somehow blocked and he couldn't access it or something. <laughs> yeah. Was... I thought he was. it was going to be like that, like he was going to break the teacup, like he was going to get so, like, anxious, it was just going to bust in his hand. So <laughs> I did not think about him being drugged at all. And since we didn't see it as an audience, like, like when she did it. Mm-hmm. But watching it the second time, like now, I did notice that she didn't drink the tea because I was kind of watching out yeah. for it. Um, but I didn't notice that the first time. I didn't think that she was going to drug him. But I like this shot of Ward and Joy standing over him and then they turn into monks and then they turn into yeah. the orderlies. Yeah. I thought that was cool. cool. So where we leave Danny in this episode is he's in the hospital bed and he's tied up and drugged. And then we get this flashback to the plane crash and we sort of see some of it and poor Heather is sucked out of the roof yeah, and it's like, oh. And then uh, um, his dad, Wendell, tells Danny that he loves him and then we kind of see the plane just heading for the mountains. 
She's so sad. Yeah. That, that scene, how they filmed that was great, actually. Yeah, I, I love was... that. And they actually built, like, um, on the, uh, the, our Twitter, I've been retweeting a lot of the stuff that Lauren Weeks, who is the production designer for the, the shows, has been tweeting. And he's um, posted a load of photos of, like, the building of some of the sets. And for this plane, they built um, the actual inside of the plane, and so it could actually move around. It was, like, on... Um, I don't know what you call it, like a, a motion stage thing. Like so they were in hydraulic. That, yeah, on hydraulics. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and it's it's great because it's only used for like seconds, you know, but um, they sort of put that in to, to really get that effect. And I thought, yeah, I thought this was really good. And I'm kind of glad they didn't show the plane crash and everything. I mean, it would have cost a fortune, obviously, to do the CGI and stuff, but you didn't need to. You just needed to see it heading into those mountains, you know. No, they could have just been a cutout that they just <laughs> moved into a wall. Like, it's, I mean. And then it, it cut to a black screen quickly. And it just said bang, like a silent movie. Yeah. Crash. <laughs> and then we end the episode as we started with Outcast uh, <laughs> playing on the iPod in the snow. That was That's what I'd like to know. How did that iPod survive being in the snow? <laughs> <laughs> not, not that it lasted this long. But well, they were super rich, so he managed to get a, like a generation one iPod that's like made of diamonds or something. Oh, okay. Well, then that makes all the sense. You've yeah. explained everything. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I aim to, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> would you guys like some Easter eggs? We're actually coming up to Easter, so you know. I hope you've yes. been, uh, you know, saving, you know, loosening your trousers for all the Easter eggs you're gonna get. Loosening those belts. Yeah, I've been, you know, famished for months. <laughs> well, I've got a few. There is a lot of Easter eggs coming up for this show. There's tons. Um, I've got a few for this episode. So info about Iron Fist. So Danny Rand first appeared in 1974's Marvel premiere number 15 um, by Roy Thomas and Gil Kane. Um, and 1974 was the height of the martial arts craze in the US. So this was just kind of following that craze. He wasn't the first martial arts um, kind of heavy character to debut in Marvel, that was Shang-Chi, who was, um, I think, a few years before. Um, Iron Fist ran as the main feature in Marvel's premiere for 10 issues. Um, and unlike in the show where he walked into New York with his, you know, his kind of hippie gear and his bare feet, in the first two issues of Marvel premiere, uh, Danny just strode back into New York in his full Iron Fist costume. <laughs> I was like, I'm back. <laughs> Which I would have loved if he did that in this. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, obviously, we mentioned that in the comics, Ward was Joy's uncle. Uh, Colleen Wing debuted in Marvel premiere number 19. And Misty Knight was also introduced in early Iron, uh, Iron Fist, even though she appeared in the Luke Cage show first. So she's also an Iron Fist character. And one last one. The dojo that Colleen um, runs is called Chikara Dojo. And Chikara is Japanese for power. Did not know that. That's awesome. Now you, the more you know. Um, <laughs> so, guys... <laughs> We're going to get back into some quotes. Do you guys have any quotes? I know it's been a while. We're being a bit rusty. Do we have uh, any quotes, guys? We're just having a look. I've only got one. Go, so Matt, go. Going. go ahead. Call Cirque the psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> I have the bit before that as well, which was great. He's an insane homeless acrobat. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's quite a good, good uh, description of, uh, of Danny Rand in this episode. 
Uh, I, I can't remember. Oh, good. Go Oh, I can't remember how exactly it goes. It was like uh, Joy's like Joy's like, okay, my driver's coming, and if he sees me that you're here, he sees that you're here, he's gonna be he's armed. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. I have one from Big Al, which is, uh, you can find all sorts of things on the internet. I found my sister living in Florida. Called her up. She's still a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'll be um, I have Danny in their very first awkward conversation with the Meachams, which was, all our parents are gone now. There's another one I just remember that I really liked was that uh, we can go down to uh, Frank's and get a, and get some tea. That place been closed for closed for years. It doesn't matter where. It's like, do you think I'm having tea with you? <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, I just want tea. <laughs> Uh, that's actually from the comics as well. Apparently he's a big fan of tea in the comics, so it's kind of comics accurate. I have one more, which is uh, uh, Harold and Kyle, which is, why don't you take the, take the rest of the day off? It's nearly midnight, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, <poor> Kyle. <laughs> it's too late now, isn't it? <laughs> I have uh, a joy. Anyone can look that stuff up online. And I was like, not Danny. Danny cannot look this stuff up online. <laughs> No, Danny can't. Poor thing. So, feedback. We have, I think, one email from Ian. Does anyone want to read this? Go ahead. I'll let you read it. Matt, you can read it. Matt needs to get back in practice for when Twin Peaks podcast comes back, of reading feedback. Me. Um, Hi, all you shoeless people. How do you know I wasn't wearing shoes? <laughs> I'm not actually wearing shoes, so he's right. Neither am I. This is creepy. I'm not yeah. either, but I'm not walking through subways anymore. <laughs> and he says Sing's theme to shoe people in his head. I don't know that one. Oh, that's a car- it might be a British cartoon then, but that was a terrifying cartoon. I'll try and post something on the on the Facebook group and the Twitter. It was a cartoon from my childhood in which there was like sentient shoes and they were shoe people and it was really creepy huh. and they had adventures but they were you shoes with faces you, you you seem to know about all these awesome animated shows that i've never heard of well he's british as well so like i'm british so maybe it was just a british thing you know. He says, I have to admit that I was going into the first episode a little nervous as I heard a few people say it wasn't that good. But just because Iron Fist doesn't deal with the issues Jessica Jones or Luke Cage deal with, or doesn't seem to be as dark as Daredevil, doesn't necessarily make it worse. I'm going to give it a chance. While the first episode... I uh, Typo. While the first episode, I felt... No, wait. Is Well, this first episode... I felt is slow, maybe. I like the character yeah. introduction. Yeah, there we go. Needed an extra word in there. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Danny Rand, in addition to all the outside forces and issues he's got to deal with. Uh, he went through a traumatic event at a young age, and it's still affecting him. I like that touch a lot. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to do well with the next episode, given where this one ended up. Still, I'll try to send something in. Yay! Well, cool. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, I was the same. I was like, oh, everyone says it sucks. I'm not looking forward to watching this. I put it off as long as I could, actually. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I watched it. And I liked it. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's like a slow start, which a lot of critics said. But I think it's fine. You know, I think it's does what it needs to do. I don't think it's 16 percent, but 
you know, it's we'll see. not offensive, which there's been a lot of shows I've watched that are just straight up offensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> well, as I posted on Facebook, you know, people saying it's the saying this is the worst superhero show ever. I was I wrote on Facebook, um, have you ever watched The Cape? And um, <laughs> I'm very happy to uh, to say that Will Travel, um, who played Simpson in Jessica Jones, agreed with me and just yes. put lol the cape because that was a terrible show. <laughs> oh. uh, I do I do have one note that I forgot to bring up. Sure. It was during um, during when they were chasing him through the Chinese celebration there, mm-hmm. and he put on the mask and somehow that fooled him. I'm like. They shouldn't be tracking him by his face. Like, they weren't looking around for his face while they're tracking him, you know, through the alleys and through the crowd. Yeah. It'd be his hair and his outfit, you know? Like, they were looking yeah. at his back for most of it. Feet. The mask is going to be up. The yeah. giant footprints he leaves from all the sun. <laughs> <laughs> all the world. That's why he's... <laughs> not iron fist. Iron footprint. <laughs> Oh, just man. imagine Scooby-Doo and the gang just following Danny's feet everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Could just smell him. Oh, he needs a shower. Go and have a shower, Danny. <laughs> so n- now it's time to score the episode. Um, Matt, you sort of said a bit you were kind of dreading watching this and stuff. Um, but what did you think of the actual episode? Uh, I liked it. Um, I was going to give it... <laughs> I was going to give it a nine, and through most of the episode, I was there. And then uh, the scene with um, Ward and his dad happened, and I'm like, these guys are just too, I don't know, they're too corny, evil, stereotype businessmen, seen it a million times Mm. kind of thing. And I didn't like them, so I took off half a point there. Um Besides that, I liked it. I would have wanted to see Colleen do some more, but I'm sure that's coming. Um, and I liked I liked Danny Rand. I liked the actor. Um, I'll give it uh, 8.5 out of 10 invincible feet. <laughs> oh, the immortal invincible feet iron vest. Iron feet. Iron balls. Uh, Tammy, do you want to go next? Sure. Uh, yeah. I was so-so on it. It was fine. I thought it was really slow. But, you know, the first episode of Luke Cage was pretty slow, too. So, you know, that doesn't mean that the series won't do well. Um, I don't know if I still know much more about Iron Fist after this first episode than I knew going in, which was that his parents died. He learned martial arts and came back to New York and that's it's what I knew about Iron Fist and that's all we saw in this episode <laughs> so I was like alright um I don't know what the Meacham I still I don't understand what the Meacham's big plans are <laughs> I, I'm like okay so you're gonna open your or you know expand into China alright why do you think there's gonna be corporate sabotage companies do that all the time yeah. uh, so I I, just, I guess I just don't I mean other than like Matt saying like they're kind of like mustache twirly evil characters so right now I don't I don't understand where they're coming from yet so um so I guess because I don't I didn't really gain a lot from watching this other than being completely grossed out by him <laughs> by just the thoughts 
that I had of him walking everywhere <laughs> with no shoes. <laughs> um, I guess I'll give it probably a 7 out of 10. <sighs> gross toes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just so gross. <laughs> gross toes. Awesome. Nick, do you want to go next? Yeah, um, I, I think a 7 out of 10 is what I give the series to. Uh, the, not the series, excuse me, the episode to. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Danny and Colleen, and um, I liked the fight scenes, and I liked sort of the world we're in, but I think it was a little slow at times, and, you know, uh, as, as much as I liked Danny, there were times he was kind of a doofus, so... Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, there just there are just some moments where I'm just kind of like, yeah, it feels like this could have been cut out or tightened up and nothing would have been lost. Um, but, you know, I did I did enjoy it. Um, and uh, I would I definitely would watch it again. Um, it's definitely not as bad as people said. Um, you know, I, I still think the worst uh, worst like uh, show I've seen uh, like involving superheroes was uh, the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Mm. I think this is far better than the first season of Agents of Show. Yeah, yeah. like I, I and and to to be fair, I've heard it's gotten better, but I have not seen any more. I just so I couldn't get good the first. right now. Anyway, <laughs> it got it got good. Okay, I'll, I'm I'm I love it so much right now. <laughs> okay, right. I, I will I will give it a chance a chance again, but I could not get past that first season. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, and if that show could get better, I have high hopes. For it. <laughs> <laughs> if that so, show could get know, better, maybe I, the cape could. So you know, but you know, just a little slower times for me. Cool. No, I I completely agree. I think, um, yeah. I mean, I was kind of dreading going into this and thinking because we we watched the whole thing in one go, and Rebecca's a massive Iron Fist fan. I I you know I like the character what I know of him, but I was mainly thinking you know, oh, I've got 13 hours of this to watch today, like, oh, please be, you know, please be all right, don't be terrible. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. I think it's, um, it didn't grab me straight away like um, like Daredevil did, where I was crying in the first minute, but, you know, how much I love Daredevil. Um, it, it, but, I mean, even Daredevil had, like, a slow start with, you know, the first episode. Um, the only thing I think really going against this episode is a couple of, kind of moments that I thought were a bit, mm, like the, the moment in the lift I didn't think was great. Um, and I thought it was quite a slow, a slow start. Um, I do kind of wish that, and this is kind of a more a critique of the Marvel shows overall, I do think they would work much better if they were, say, 10 episodes and 13. And I feel like they would be a lot more, a lot tighter yeah. and we would have less bloat. Um, and it was something I was thinking about earlier, while I watched the most recent episode of Legion, because um, this season of Legion is only eight episodes, and every episode just feels so tight and and great, and it doesn't feel like anything's wasted, and I, I love it. Um, so I'm hoping when we see the ten-episode uh, season of Defenders, uh, ten instead of 13 episodes, it, it, we get a much tighter story. But anyway, that's kind of a, a thing overall I have with the, the series is um, kind of an issue with the pacing. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very slow start. I think we could have um, had a, had a better start than this. But I think it's absolutely fine. I think Danny's an adorable, awkward puppy, um, which gives me endless joy. 
um, watching his awkwardness. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 spongy feet, keeping up the feet thing. Spongy feet. Uh, spongy feet. And that gives this episode a 7.3 out of 10. So that's a nice. solid start. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nothing wrong with it. And we should say, obviously, we have our missing defender, um, Mel. So we don't know if Mel might be um, back and forth <laughs> from uh, Kunlun, but we also know that um, Kunlun, they get conjugal visits. So, Matt, you might Whoa. be back and forth from Whoa. Kunlun as well. Is That's correct? So yeah. we don't know how okay. many episodes you'll be here for this season, but I wanted to mention that now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we may we may have Matt for some episodes. We may not because, you know. We can't, we can't afford to pay him for every episode. Especially when Twin Peaks comes back. Yeah, you're going to be busy with Twin Peaks. Yeah. Yeah, oh, can't wait. So now it is time to thank our special guest for this week, Nick. Thank you so much for coming on. Guys, thank you so much for having me on the show. It was a blast. I loved it. I know you've wanted to, um, we've like kind of wanted to have you on for a while, and it's just kind of never worked out. So I'm glad we got you on for this yeah. first episode. Yeah, I, I was, it was great. And, you know... Crap happens all the time, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying my hardest not to swear. Uh, oh, and, and no, feel free just, to swear. Oh no, no, it's not not, not for you guys. Um, <laughs> just in general, like you know, trying to you know be like Danny, bring out positive energy and oh. people. But I'm you, a you cynical. You get in a swear jar like <laughs> in Luke Cage. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to uh, hear you guys talk more about Iron Fist, and I uh, can't wait to watch The Defenders and hear what you guys tell us talk about that. It's yeah, going to be a lot of fun. See, uh, keep an eye out for when we have um, guest spots for that, and and if you want to join Absolutely. us, then make sure you sign up. Sign up quick. I will. I will. I will pretty much force somebody off in order to be on it. There, I will make you record <laughs> wow. an episode if need be. <laughs> We take All right, we've talked about the whole show twice now, but Nick still wants to be on, so <laughs> can't get rid of them. <laughs> no, that would be awesome. I, well, once we have a, a an air date for uh, Defenders, I'll definitely be putting up a, a list so people can sign up for a, for episodes. So, um, again, listen if you're listening, if you want to, to guest on the show, then just keep an eye on that Twitter or Facebook, um, which you can hear about at the end of the at the end of the podcast. So, uh, my lovely co-hosts, so nice to, to chat with you guys again, even though I do chat with Tammy every week on our other podcast, <laughs> but it's so lovely to chat to you uh, again, Matt, and I'll just mention, obviously, you've got the Twin Peaks podcast coming up, which is coming yep. up really soon, um, yep. that people will be able to hear both you and Mel on, but you have, like, all the other podcasts as well, so give them a quick plug for everything that's changed since we were doing Luke Cage. Uh, we're still doing Hoople Cast, which started out as a Deadwood podcast, but right now it's a uh, every HBO drama uh, pilot episode podcast. Uh, <laughs> so we're starting in on that. Uh, we've got a few, two or three episodes out, and uh, got Matt is wrong about games. We're talking about video games, and then uh, Sh- um, Shenmue AM2 podcast, which is about uh, one specific video game. <laughs> Will you be talking about this? Uh, what's the controversy with this new game, the Andromeda one? Uh, I don't know. People don't like the animations or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, that's like literally my gaming knowledge of what's going on in gaming at the moment. I've just seen people not liking it. Cool. Mm. And Tammy, where else can people hear you? 
uh, Calavici Fashion Cast. Hello. Uh, if you liked uh, Claire and I talking about the fashions in Iron Fist, <laughs> then you'll love us talking about the fashions in Quantum Leap because there's a ridiculous amount of fashions to discuss in Quantum Leap. Yes. <laughs> More than amazing. I thought we we realized. Every episode is a, a cornucopia of wacky fashions. <laughs> <laughs> cool so we need to mention what we will be talking about next week and i want to get your predictions so next week's episode is episode two shadow hawk takes flight <laughs> any predictions guys i think the hawk will be back yeah. i think it's going to fly the tattoo on big al's arm is going to come alive and fly <laughs> off like in the electro movie <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> Forgot about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> never forget, never forget. <laughs> so we'll have to what? see how Danny is going to get out of the hospital, obviously. Um I will say there's something very cool at the end, uh or I think it's at the end of next episode. Uh these two episodes kind of do feel like a bit of a two two parter as much oh, as they okay. can. Um yeah. But uh, I look forward to talking about it next week. So, Nick, are you going to take us out with an Excelsior? Sure. Um, Excelsior! How's that? That was good. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at DefendersPod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!